Hello, welcome to Blades Pod. It is Monday evening, the 29th of April. My name is Ben. My great pleasure to inform you, in case you were not aware, Sheffield United are promoted to the Premier League. I'm still a bit croaky, as you can probably hear. Uh, I've, I've definitely recovered physically from uh, the events of Saturday, I suppose. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's still not really sunk in. I mean... I've talked to uh, Jay, Mr. Blades Analytic now. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're, <laughs> this is a fairly unorganised, uh, rambling train of thought podcast. But I, I hope that kind of summarises how we're all feeling, really. Because, yeah, for me, even as even as a, an optimistic fan, which I, I think most people would say that I am, this is, um, this is right up there and probably beyond anything I kind of dreamed could happen this season and certainly dreamed could happen after the Millwall game for example so yeah I'm uh I'm on a I'm on a complete high I've been you know just just giddy as a I don't know what for about the last couple of days and uh yeah United's United's media team and the local media as well and and indeed the national media with various articles have, have kind of helped to extend that mood even more so yeah hopefully it'll just keep keep on going for a good few months yet but yeah in, in this one we're going to uh We'll talk specifically about this Ipswich game, obviously about uh, you know the achievement of clinching promotion. And then in the next couple of weeks, we're going to come in with some, uh, I guess, more in-depth season review type content where we, you know, go, we're going to rate every single player. I've got some other, uh, I should say, we should have some other um, quite cool ideas, I think, as well, which I think people will enjoy listening to. And I will certainly enjoy planning and recording. But for now... Yeah, let's uh, let's just drink in the moment, Blades. Uh, we did it. Players did it. Managers did it. Fans did it as well. I think if you wanna wanna put it that way, and uh, yeah, just uh, enjoy it. Thank you for downloading, for listening, and uh, I hope you enjoy this one. All right, joining me it is of course Jay. How are you doing? Fresh off his uh, his stint on Sky Sports News, by the way, this afternoon. How uh, how was that? I enjoyed watching that. Did you have fun? No, not really. <laughs> um, they said nothing about it being a visual one, and I'm probably not in the best state after the last two days. You were fairly so, smartly dressed. I've literally ropely got through a day at work. That is how <laughs> I'm going to describe what has happened. Probably like every other blade out there, I've literally... Just about scrap through. <laughs> well, I learned the John Egan song just off by art. Yeah. And it's been amazing at work because I work, my boss is a Leeds fan, so that was fantastic. I've had the smuggiest look on my face all day and it has just been the best three days ever. We did it. Can you believe it? Sheffield United, we are Premier League. Um, I just. Yeah. When it's, it's been such a roller coaster of a few weeks, if you think about it. I know it's like. Bit of a cliche, but you know, you just think how low we were after the Millwall draw, which was just, you know, I mean, as I said on the pod at the time, that was my lowest moment supporting United since the Huddersfield playoff final, and you know, there's been a few in there, um, and then it all flipped over Easter, uh, and you know, you and I both felt the whole game was the was the one, you know, that was the kind of last stumbling block, and you know, we, we'd spent all that time. Uh, the week leading up to the Ipswich game, being like, "Come on, there's no way, um, there's no way we don't beat Ipswich. They're terrible. They've got nothing to play for. They're already relegated." 
And then I'm kind of glad this was a short week because the more you, the more I kind of, you know, read people's take on it and, you know, on Twitter and uh, the S2 forum and stuff, the more these little seeds of doubt started to like pop up, you know, they're like, oh, Ipswich have drawn some games against these teams and, you know, all this kind of thing. And you know, they'll be free to, you know, Lambert's going to freshen up the team and, you know, there'll be some players trying to prove something. I mean, come on. Did, did, at any stage, did you think we were not going to win this game? Just just full disclosure, because even with those seeds of doubt, I, I had nothing but total confidence that we were going to win. And, and that's exactly how it proved. Did you, did you ever, yeah. ever doubt it at this stage? No, I knew we was going to win this game. Yeah. No, there was never any, never, never any doubt in my mind whatsoever. It was always going to be a win. I think I actually got. I mean, we stopped doing the score predictions after a while, but I actually got this one right. I think Shane Rowley asked me on Twitter. He said, uh, "What do I think it's going to be?" Mm. And I was a little bit wrong because I said it, I think it'd be a nervy-ish two 0 in the fact that we'll score midway through the first half, probably struggle to get a second. They might have a moment or two, and then we'll get a second. And it was actually a little bit more comfortable than that, wasn't it? But I think so. Yeah. It, it was, admittedly, it was Ipswich. Admittedly, they are one of the poorest championship teams there's been for a while. But to go up on that type of performance, which was just all guns, we should have had seven, let's be honest. Yeah, we absolutely it, tore into them from right from uh, the start, wasn't it? I mean, it's, you know, I, I think, you know, you just, we've said it a few times, but you just can't doubt this team. It is not the United team of the past that would that freezes on the big occasions. I mean, look, all right, we've had we've had some stumbles this season. You know, the Villa one is an obvious example. We, you know, given up the late goal against Millwall, we did the same against Stoke at home. We've lost a couple of games. You know, we didn't really perform like in the uh, in the two Sheffield derbies, for example, to to the extent that we know that we can. But this team does not freeze on the big stage. It goes goes to Leeds and win and wins. It goes to uh, West Brom. You know, that performance at Villa was fantastic. And um, yeah, we just we shouldn't have doubted it, and uh, I didn't doubt it, and yeah, it's just I feel like some some demons were exercised with certainly with that performance, but probably the last three or four, uh, yeah, the last three games after the Millwall game, I think it's just uh, yeah, just just testament to the resolve and ability of the team and the management, just really really impressive. Yeah, hundred percent. It just. I mean, like we've had people, haven't we, who've said they've kind of, especially people who were living abroad and who are blades, listened to the pods in kind of a, a big series leading up to the Ipswich game. Mm. And they felt the emotion from us, from the down of that Millwall game to the to the Easter weekend and the Forest win and what what happened with Leeds after that, with Wigan and then the Monday. And it was just all, of, I mean, let's you know, let's be clear about this. I mean, Leeds have lost a lot of games in this period of game. But, it, you know, such a low percentage chance had just happened, but all we could do was what we did, which is just win games of football. Yeah, we've crushed it just... basically, haven't we? I mean, Wilder said it in oh. one of his many drunken interviews. Four, was it uh, fourteen <laughs> points from the last seven games? I think, and it down down stretch, and you know that's uh, that's promotion form all the way through the season. And yeah, we've well, we've taken advantage of those stumbles. Hundred percent. I mean, I I, I I say for this guy sportsing, I had to do some stats, and it's, uh, if you take January the first. To the present day, that's now 20 games played. United have got 44 points. That's the most in league. That's mm. 2.2 points a game. Yeah, they say two points per game is promotion. Every we're we're above that. This is title winning scenario. I mean, I looked at goals conceded for the for the teams that have gone up. It, at the minute, in terms of goals conceded, only Wolves will have had a better record. United could well equal Newcastle, Brighton, Burnley records. I mean, these are teams that are, are known. I mean, Newcastle, when they that was a cheat code when they were in the championship, same <laughs> with Wolves. But 
Brighton and Burnley are known as, yeah, they won a lot of games, but they're now known as defensive teams. And this team isn't. We scored more goals than either of those two. Yeah. And, it, you know, you just, you can't comprehend. I mean, I, I think we forgot as well. I think we forgot how good we were, basically, because of the odd setback. Yeah. If you go all, all the way back, I went today until the Swansea game, nine for Jan, right? If mm. you take every every single fixture after that, that's 17 games. We've only lost one. Yeah. I think... Um... <laughs> The other, I think the other thing that I'd forgotten, and I only really uh, popped in my head earlier when uh, our buddy Cleon brought it up, is our, our record against the top six the second yep. time around against them. So the first time around, I think it was uh, it's obviously um, played five. I think we won two and lost three. Second time around, I believe it was won three, drawn two, lost none. And all right, so it's, you're looking at it, it's like that's only one win more than the first time around, but the draws, it meant we weren't losing games to the top six. You know, we picked up right. we picked up 11 points from those five games. First time round, I think it was only six points from the five games. So not only did we pick up more points ourselves, we took points off those teams. And um, I think it's Kieran Gray actually followed up on that on Twitter and, you know, pointed out that pretty much all of them the second time round, they were away as well. You know, it was Norwich oh, yeah. away, uh, Leeds away, West Brom oh. away. I mean... Yeah. You know, we shouldn't overlook that. It's absolutely amazing that not only did we turn round that form against the top six, because that was, you know, that was a bit of a, I don't know, black marks the right way. But, you know, we, we had talked about how under Wilder, United had not been successful against top six opponents, even going back to League One. And, you know, that was true right up to Boxing Day against Derby um, this season. But suddenly we turned it round completely. And, and to be honest... It should be five wins from five of those games uh, in the second round time round, you know, because that includes Villa, um, where we blew yeah. a three-goal lead. And, you know, we, we had a pretty good performance at Norwich that could easily have got a win there as well. So, yeah, you're right. I think we do forget how, how ridiculously good we have been. Um, I mean, the, the, only, the only sad note, I suppose, is that we may now never get to find out if Chris Wilder would have been the one to end United's playoff hoodoo. I'm just I'm kidding. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> I'm quite happy to never know the answer to that one and never be, uh, never have to go up through the playoffs ever again. But yeah, I mean, so I mean, just to, uh, I guess, let people know, we're obviously we're going to talk about the the Ipswich game and the the general promotion generally in this one, and then we're we're going to come back with uh, some very very in depth, in detail season review type stuff as well. But yeah, so I mean, how did you how did you feel when the full time whistle went in this one? I cried a lot. <laughs> it was emotional, saw- wasn't it? And both goals, I found myself a little bit, a little bit overwhelmed. I think of like, I don't know if it was relief. It was just more like, I guess no, the, it was the realization realized- that, that we've done it. Yeah, I said the exact same word, realization. It was right. because it, we've been we've been tiptoeing the leads for so many weeks now. Mm. You know, so and there's been so many twists and turns. I didn't think Ipswich were gonna were gonna put us back in the works. Don't get me wrong, but it's just the realization that it was basically there. That was it, you know, a miracle, an absolute miracle, which never happens aside. We were up, and it just overcomes you, doesn't it? That after all this battling, after all these games, after all the highs, the odds low, but not many at all. This team, as we just spoke about, it's done. You, you've achieved what you want to achieve. You know, as a, as a fan base, we all know, me and you especially know, we've said it that this is the greatest Sheffield United team in our lifetimes. Yeah. But that doesn't always equate to success. There's a lot of good teams out there that haven't quite done what they needed to do to cement their legacy, if you will. And I mean, these boys did yesterday when they were on the piss. Yeah, they cemented it then. But they certainly cemented it on Saturday because they did something that, I mean, 
look, in our lifetime, Neil Warnock calls up to the Premier League, but not like this. No, definitely not. Not, not like this at all. This side have, I mean, Leeds have probably go down. I mean, Fulham didn't go up last year and they were they were sensational for their form. But Leeds have got to go down as one of the best sides to not go up automatically, surely. Yeah. I know they've, they've lost the 9-20, but they were top of the league at Christmas, flying. They've got one of the best coaches in the world, most revered. They've got one of the best players in the league in Hernandez. And it, for, them, for us to beat them, lowly, plucky, Sheffield United, who were just full of workman-like players, you know, and, a, and, a, and just a passion manager who likes a pint. It's, <laughs> we know more than that, but it, it's just, it, I can't put it into words. It's just, an incredible, incredible achievement. I think it is. I mean, I, I completely agree. Best team uh, of my lifetime, and I, I think it's the best moment as well of watching watching United. You know, this is my uh, third promotion as a fan. One other to the Premier League, obviously the League One one as well. And there's been some amazing, like amazing individual moments in that time. But I think just yeah, just just how it felt on Saturday. Um, you know, the game was a bit of a celebration. It, it felt like to me, you know, I, I wasn't nervous at any point. Admittedly, I'd, I've been in the pub since about one o'clock, I think. So that, that obviously helped a little bit. But, you know, we were on the carp and stood up through the whole game, which uh, I'm, I'm happy to do every week, but it doesn't seem like everyone around me is always happy to do that. So, you know, it's kind of kind of singing all the way through the game. The atmosphere was incredible. You know, when the uh, when the first goal went in to see a, you know, a completely packed Bramall Lane, apart from the lower tier of the away end, obviously. Although, to be fair, it was a pretty good turnout from Ipswich for a team already relegated. But, yes, yeah, seeing, you know, four sides of United fans all on their feet, you know, all singing We Are Blaze, arm, arms aloft from, you know, and you can hear it echoing back from the other end of the ground. It was just... Yeah, it was it was it was really really special, I think. And yeah, like I said, it it was a bit emotional. I mean, it was it was joy, but you could just see. Do you know, I, I went to uh, 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 a halftime, uh, uh, nipped out to go to the loo, and um, I, I, it really struck me how many people were smiling. Just yeah. you know, just walking around at the back of the cop. I mean, it doesn't always happen like that. You know, you, even if the team is winning at halftime in other games, you know, you don't normally see that kind of outpouring of just happiness and yeah it, I think everyone I think most people knew I think even the most pessimistic people knew that uh you know it, it wasn't going to go wrong that the team was too good and and you know you just have to credit the, the way that we played I mean it, we just carried on as we've done against Hull basically like front foot from the start pin them back get in around the sides control play create chance after chance really or you know opportunity to create chance after chance and yeah, played with played with a lot of skill, a lot of intensity. You know, we had players flying into tackles, winning it high up the pitch, and yeah, eventually it actually felt like an age before we took the lead. But I think it was only about the twenty fourth minute or something, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, we, we should talk about that goal because uh, I think um, oh, I can't. It might have been Carlton Blade that tweeted this one to me, but he put it beautifully. It was it was the most wilder slash United goal possible that opener. You know, just the uh, great bit of football on the left wing, like three or four players rotating, you know, really intricate interplay with the ball. And then Duffy just waits for the run from Jack O'Connell. Perfect through ball. Low cross from the set, from the overlapping centre-back. And uh, Hogan with a great finish from close range. And, uh, yeah, it was it was just a really satisfying way to take the lead, I think, of, like, that is that is it. Show everyone what United are about. It's that one goal right there. It was beautiful. million percent, yeah. I mean, I had a wonderful little experience, I guess, and you got two old boys stood around you and these are the lads who you know not 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 my group normally going to games but they they, they're shall we say the more uh suited the warnock era a bit more perhaps top (laughs) blades are always there but you know get it in the box shoot Mm. that time 
and the, you know they saw Jack O'Connell flying down the left. You know, I mean, it's an analyst stream now. So the, the mainstream media and national media and, and everyone's going to be all over United now, and they're all going to be analysing how we play. Gregor Robertson put a great article out earlier. Mm. Um, I know you liked it. I liked it too. And they're all going to be analysing the way we build this overlapping centre back, and that was literally like a training ground goal. The whole Duffy drifting to the left, retaining the ball, rotating and cycling, waiting for the moment where Stevens has been marked by the right back. So Jack O'Connell just goes around the back of him when he's not paying attention. A through ball, perfect slide across the box. And these two old boys at the back just went, nah then, that's proper tufty ball. <laughs> right. That is excellent. What has this man done to us? He's educated us beyond belief. <laughs> like, he absolutely has. Um... I mean, it was, but I tell you what as well, fair play Scott Hogan. Not really had many chances, and and it was a. I think you said it to you, Carl and Blake here, and Grace said it to you. That wasn't a tapping. That was a good finish. The way he lifted it into the corner, that was yeah. a nice. Finish. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just to, I was just going to mention but, Hogan as well. Actually, just like you know, I'm I'm pleased for him personally, but also I think the it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a tick next to what we did in January. You know, we yes, we yes. we spent a little bit. I know we we signed these players on loan, but obviously it still cost us financially with wages and any loan fees or anything like that. And this is why we signed these players. It, it wasn't, you know, none of the... I mean, again, we'll, we'll come on to this in more detail in a future pod, but I think in the it, knowing what we know now, you have to say the January transfer window was a massive success. Massive. And that's not, not because any one player absolutely tore it up, which I think, I think would be a stretch to say that. Any of those three lone players, I think they were good, but not great. Um, <laughs> but the value that they added to us was huge yeah. because... Not yeah. only did they chip in with vital goals, they allowed us to rotate. They meant that when Sharp was injured, it wasn't a problem. They meant that if we needed to change a game, like we did against Borough at home, for example, we had that there. They meant that Duffy didn't have to play 90 minutes every single game or or there was a big drop-off and we had to change system. We had Dal to drop in there. And yeah, so as you say, to, for Hogan to get that get that goal, because he has worked hard in all these games. You know, I thought he was really, really good against Hull as well. It's just It kind of hasn't fallen to him or we haven't been able to to play him in as much as I guess his running has um has kind of deserved. So yeah, great finish. I'm obviously pleased for him uh, personally, and I'm I'm delighted that he gave us the lead. And uh, that's why we signed him, you know, to be that that predator in the box, the um the sharp kind of rotation option, I suppose. And yeah, great job by him in the uh, in the last game, oh the the penultimate game of the season, I should say. Yeah, hundred percent. And just on the again, I, I think we'd all commented probably about three or four weeks ago that we'd kind of look like we stopped this overlapping centre-back rampage runs because mainly because of the opposition and the fact that we were trying to eke out some wins rather than you know blazing teams away but it had stopped slightly hadn't it yeah uh, you know we've not seen it as much but despite that if you look at the whole season stats and you don't break them down by minutes played you just look at totals which is fair enough to do at this stage of the season because we're, we're almost at the end from all defenders wing, wing backs included Chris Basham and Jack O'Connell most open play crosses Chris Basham created the most chances He's created 29 chances. That's as much as Matty Cash at Nottingham Forest, who's a right winger. Yeah. As much as some centre mids, who I could go through, but I won't bore people. But in essence, what we're saying is our two wide centre-backs cross the ball and create as many chances as a lot of centre mids in this league. That's astonishing. It is uh, is beautiful to watch. And uh, something else that was beautiful to watch in this game, David McGoldrick. Oh. Oh. That through ball was... Yeah, need to have a need to have a make sure we're sat, sitting comfortably watching that one again. I mean, you know, we 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 raved about that Ollie Norwood pass in the uh, 
the Sheffield yeah, derby at Bramall Lane. But for me, this is better. I mean, I know it didn't lead to a goal. What I'm, talk- what I'm talking about here, and I-, I tweeted the gif of it earlier, but it's sort of about halfway inside Ipswich's half. Brilliant first touch to control a long pass. Steps inside the defender. I can't even really describe what he does with the ball, but basically it breaks two lines with it. Bulldogs made a perfect run. Unfortunately, he can't quite control the ball, but it's it's ridiculous. I don't know how... I don't know how he waited the pass like this. It shouldn't have... Because it, it needed to go fast to break the first line and mm. then it needed to slow up to give Baldock a chance to get on it. And it did. It was like... I don't know. It was almost like it got stuck in the mud or something. It was, except, of course, it didn't because our pitch is pristine. But, uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. And, uh, I mean, he is really... He's had a great season. He obviously won, uh, won the Fans Player of the Year vote last night as well. Um, but, yeah, I think in the last... I think in the last month of the season, he has really, really stepped up to the plate. You know, when Sharp hasn't been in the team or hasn't been scoring, his contribution, not only as a goal scorer, but just as an all-round attacking player, has been absolutely immense. And yeah, even though I didn't vote for him, I'm absolutely delighted he won uh, He won Player of the Year because I could have voted for about six or seven players, I think. 100%. Yeah. And I saw Didzy had won it. I was absolutely ecstatic for Didzy when you think where he was in the summer last the season. Yeah, but then you, you just think to yourself, I, I don't. I, I normally care about these things, you know. There's normally a player or two where you think I really want them to win it because they have been the best, you know. And I just, I just didn't care. Yeah, because he could, could have. I mean, he could have said one of eleven, but he certainly could have said one of five. Mm. You know, we all know who they are between him, Sharp, Norwood, Stevens, you know, Ditty, Egan, probably as well in there. Uh, even O'Connell, perhaps. It's mm. you, you know, and that's not even including Bashoff. Like, so it's just it's. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy that Didier, and you're right. And I think he got that because of his last three months. You know, um, I mean, I, wonderful thing about uh, the, the scouting software that we all use, all the stats people on Twitter, Y Scout, is you can you can do a thing where you actually su- submit to look at stats just from the last three months. Right. So looking at the last three months, just for Sheffield United, so this is not the league. This is just for Sheffield United. Last three months. Top goal scorers, David McGoldrick, five, Billy Sharp, five. Assists, David McGoldrick, two, Billy Sharp, two. McGoldrick has the most touches in the box per game. He has the highest expected assists per game from the strikers. That is, only Mark Duffy beats him overall. He's third for key passes. He's fourth for final third passes. So, in essence, he's just doing more than what any striker in the league is doing. You know, And we speak about it every week, don't we? How much he commits to the game. It's not just... It's not just goals. It's not just link play between the two. It's the whole team revolves around him. And that pass showed that. It was astonishing. There is like boring underlying stats models that pick up this type of pass. Because, it, you know, for normal stats, it just looks like a completed pass, doesn't it? Yeah. You, you know, no, no shot from, came from it, so you wouldn't say it was a chance created. Or, <laughs> it, there is underlying stats, trust me, guys, that pick this up. And that was the highest rated pass of the weekend. Bar, Beautiful. Bar, on a non-shot XG model at Info Goal, I've, I've asked the question privately. It was it was a stunning pass. Yeah, from a a, a great player who we're, we're very grateful that Ipswich let him go. And uh, yeah, I have to say it was a, a really classy touch um, at the end of the game. That you know, I think the first thing he did basically was uh, was go to all the Ipswich fans and uh, and clap them before joining with the celebration. So yeah, you can see. You can see why Wilder wanted him, I suppose. You know, the the, the character of him and the way he plays is uh, just fits perfectly with the rest of the squad, I think. Um, so, I mean, we, we missed a few chances, didn't we, after the, after going 1-0 up and, and around the first goal as well. Um, Egan seems to be... Uh, 
Do you remember last season when O'Connell just missed sitter yeah. after sitter from set piece? Yeah. I think he's managed to pass it on to Egan this year. So I'm not totally sure how Egan headed over from about four yards from a corner in the second half. Um, next year, mate, it's going to be good next year. It's going to be good when John Egan is our top set piece scorer next year, just like Jack will be this year. It's fine. I love it. <laughs> and then we got yeah, get on, getting on to the O'Connell goal now. Was this a deliberate set piece tactic, which uh, executed by O'Connell to go and have a, a cheeky drink on the sideline and uh, avoid being picked up by Ipswich at all? So, so what happened was uh, Fleck got, Fleck was over the corner, and um, I think he was like, I think it was a bit of uh, a bit of wind. It was kind of blowing the ball out of the. Uh, the quadrant a bit but o- O'Connell was having a drink he'd gone off to have his uh I saw someone describe it as a power frube which I love that made me made me laugh a lot um <laughs> he was having that and then I think he saw the ball was rolling about a bit so he was like oh, okay I'll, I'll have a bit more or whatever and then uh Flex ready so he just chucks his drink away jogs into the penalty area I mean I think Ipswich were uh marking zonely anyway but nobody picked him up corner comes in on the six yard box crashes it in off the crossbar um, yeah, do you think it, do you think it was a deliberate tactic to go and have that cheeky drink? Is that something that Alan Nils been working on or what? I mean, you, for any other world, you say no, right? But <laughs> this team, Alan Neil, I and this team and Alan Neil, who is just a genius. He's like he's just an analysis genius. He just spends, I know for a fact, he just spends his days behind a laptop rehearsing set pieces and systems and looking at what everyone else around the world is doing, see if we can pick it up. People, what was the, what was the what was the crack last year? We were terrible at set pieces, right? And that was going into this season as well, wasn't it? For a long time, we've all asked Stuart Reid from the wing on on Twitter, who's a set piece analyst at the stats. United didn't quite rank well, better XG than, than what we were performing, but not you know mid ranking at best. Yeah. And then what you, what you see is really, if you look back at even last season, the setup was there. We just were missing chances. Yeah. But we weren't quite getting our head on the ball because I think we said last year we probably didn't have enough big physical guys. Egan's helped with that definitely and we've obviously got Medine that's helped with that Yeah. this season. But the screens were always there. These little movements and darts round and, and freeing up space for people were always there and, and they're just coming to fruition now and I'm so glad they are. A for Jack because Jack was fantastic on the day, man of the match bar none and it was brilliant to see him get his goal but also for Alan because I think everyone is aware. I think Chris has been opening us. This, this is Alan Neil's work. Mm. And it's great to see him get the credit that he sincerely deserves but doesn't want. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I think we... I looked earlier, I, I didn't write it down, but I think we have the sixth sixth highest yeah. amount of set-piece goals now in the Championship with uh, with one game to go. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's obviously improved quite a lot. I mean, there was... There was one other intervention in that uh, in that goal. I don't know. Whether you, whether, uh, you obviously do know what I'm talking about. It was uh, it was Billy Sharp's bottom used Correct. to very good effect in uh, in a way that makes me wonder whether VAR might have something to say about it if he tries it in the Premier League next season. But yeah, I mean, I, I urge people to go and uh, go and watch this on the uh, on United's YouTube. They do the um, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's just like Netcam or something like that. But it's like a yeah, oh, yeah. From, from basically inside the net itself, and it's it is the most savvy bit of centre forward play you could wish to see. As, as a co- cross comes in, Sharp just just gives the goalkeeper a little bump, and that's enough to send him flying. And O'Connell is completely unchallenged, heads it into the net. I mean, yeah, you don't get an assist for that kind of thing, but you kind of should, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's fair, and and he is interesting. This with the. 
you know, that's one wrinkle, as you will, to add to next year that uh, VAR is going to be in the Premier League where we are. If anyone didn't know, we're in the Premier League. I think we are, aren't we? Um, yeah. Pretty sure we are, yeah. Um, but <laughs> VAR is going to be there and there is going to be some interesting things coming out of this and it, it's going to, not just for Sheffield United, but the whole league is going to be interesting. Don't want to get into the VAR chat, but it's going to going to take some innovative minds, and I think we're very fortunate in that aspect because we have Alan Mill might not look like it, but he's an extremely innovative innovative mind. So mm. interested to see what he comes up with to to continue set piece threat, which will be even bigger next year because naturally you're not going to have as many chances in the Premier League. You're just yeah. not, um, you know. So you need to capitalise on the gains that you do have uh, and to, to circumnavigate any VAR issues. I'll be interested to see what we come up with, but I know he's going to come up with something. Because he always does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, it was it was just party time after that. I mean, again, it, there was just something really nicely symbolic about the circumstances of this game. You know, the first goal, as I said, is is just such a wilder goal with the overlapping centre back. Um, and then for O'Connell himself, you know, he was one of five players who uh, started um, Wilder's first game as manager in League One. Um, so for him to, you know, still be here, still be a massive part of the team, you know improving improving game by game almost for him to pop up get the the final goal i guess that that sealed it, it was you know there was a nice symbolism there i think it was uh, which was not not lost on me at the time and yeah the the kind of scenes at full time were just just absolutely beautiful i mean yeah it's i've got to be honest it, it's not really sunk in i've been completely giddy for however long it is now the last 48 hours or whatever um mm. And you know, I I just I still haven't really wrapped my head around it, which is why, yeah, I guess we need to come back in a week or so and uh, you know do do a, a longer in depth thing. But it, it's it's incredible. I just I, I think I'm running out of words in a way. But yeah, amazing amazing scenes at full time. You know, all the players like I, I don't know if you've seen the video on again on United's YouTube of it almost looks choreographed like. Just everybody shaking hands, and then you know some break away and go to the crowd, and then you know suddenly someone else enters the shot, and then he shakes hands with someone else, and it passes on elsewhere. And yeah, it was um, yeah. I got to I got to say, United's media team, by the way, is uh, has been has been MVP levels this season, and you know helping to helping to capture those moments. I mean, I'll watch that video probably every couple of days for the next six months. I think The, the sort of six minutes of just one one take. You know, all the crowd bursting into various songs, and then, as I say, play, like Basham breaks off and is like roaring at the crowd, and everyone's like roaring back at him and stuff. Yeah, it's just, just incredible. Uh, like I say, I'm, I'm still pretty stunned by it all, to be honest. Yeah, hundred percent. It was, and that's what I mean about emotive. It was extremely emotive, wasn't it? It was just, I, I loved it as well. I've got to say, if you couldn't love the man anymore, all credit to David McGoldrick because at a time like that, when you, you know. Let's face it, he should be, most likely. I know this, this is not the case in this United team, but he probably should be coming to the wind-down of his career. Mm. And he's actually hitting his peak. He's hitting his crescendo. He's about to go to a league he's, he's never played in properly anyway. Um, and for him to, to kind of sacrifice his own joy at that moment and go and applaud his you know, his old fans and, and have a word with his old teammates and show commiserations to them and, and give them a bit of a pat on the chin up, that's a, that's a credit to the man, and, and that yet again is just another indicator of what the squad are all about. They are all about the unit. Um, you saw that on the pitch. Uh, you know we've seen it in celebrations in the last twenty four hours. It's that, that little huddle on the pitch was hard, hard to watch, not in a not in a bad way, but in you know just I, I couldn't physically watch it without crying because you could just see Wilder welling up mm. right there at that moment. Um, you know, and all they wanted to do was be with each, be with each other. 
Yeah. I've got to say, well done to most of the fans. I know there was always some idiots, but well done to most of the fans who didn't run on, let the players have their moment of glory because that, that should have been and it was all about them. Yeah. Um, because they deserve every ounce of our time and appreciation for what they've done because it has been nothing other than the best team effort I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm I'm hundred percent with you on that. I mean, I, I know people say like, oh, you know, back in back in the day, we'd we'd run on the pitch, and that was that was the celebration. But yeah, I, you know, not not having fans on the pitch allowed the players to to celebrate with the fans more. I think you know, it was it was a, a bigger connection. You know, they they really they almost did two uh, laps of honor, if you like. You know, it was and it was special having it having the stands like completely packed, probably you know, 20, 30 minutes after the full-time whistle had blown and, you know, mm. they're walking around with their families and, you know, it was, yeah, it was, I, I'm, I'm glad that's how it worked out. I, I just, I just don't think this season could have gone much better in the end, you know, I'm sure there's some people say, oh, well, you know, we should have, we should have beaten Wednesday and all right, we probably should have done, but I think, I'll, I think I'll take not losing to them yeah. when, uh, when we end up finishing in the top two and, and who knows, we might end up winning the league. It's still pretty unlikely, but you never know, I suppose. We've um, left. We have left this league, though, and I'm not going to use in, year, out. <laughs> that should now be tattooed on everyone's forehead. <laughs> Why, uh, I mean, this, this is a good point to uh, just transition into all the celebrations and the videos, actually. I mean, Wilder's interviews are a, a brilliant mix of, <laughs> of, of I've had too much and I do not care. I am going, I I'm going in two-footed on any subject that springs to mind. <laughs> and then the ones of him just, uh, you know, literally crying and unable to speak at the start of it. I mean, <laughs> how can you not love this guy? All you can hear in the background of any celebration is press cut cables whenever anyone mentions Mark Duffy. <laughs> yes. Absolutely kills me. Before he can start singing, he's like, yeah, where's Mark Duffy? And all you can hear is Wilder, press cut cables. It's absolutely <laughs> sensational. Absolutely yeah. killing me. But, but it, it was like a yeah I mean I celebration wise I mean straight after the match uh, went out in town and obviously had uh, had many drinks to celebrate um, I think I tricked my body into not having a hangover by agreeing to go on uh, five live the following morning quite early so so that well, was nice yeah I know I, I'm I'm pretty Tell proud of myself there actually um, I could, go on sorry no, I was saying you were excellent mate you did well oh, yeah. I could I could barely speak. <laughs> um but yeah it was uh it was fun to just go on for a few minutes but then um yeah i basically spent the rest of the day i mean then i essentially sat there you know reading all everyone's sort of tweets and you know the the posts and the various videos from the previous day and at this point the players must have met up for i guess to watch the leeds game and <laughs> and oh the video content it did flow i don't Richard. think i've laughed so much in my life Richard Thierman ordering 15 Jaeger bombs at what looked like half 11 in the morning. I mean, that set the tone, quite frankly. It, it was it was genre-defining drinking from Richard Stearman, I think. I mean, the, so I, I wasn't present for any of this. I, I, you know, I gather quite a, a few fans were very, very lucky to, yeah, yeah. to experience this. But from my point of view, it was quite nice watching it second-hand. And it was like being there, only without the accompanying hangover. So, yeah. I was... I was genuinely, I sent out a tweet and it sent like it was a banter tweet. It wasn't. I was genuinely concerned for Richard Thierman's life when I went to bed at half ten. <laughs> but then I saw him on the videos at the awards ceremony and he looked fine. Yeah, it was almost, uh, it, I thought that was quite bizarre. I was like, blimey, they've all scrubbed up well and uh, <laughs> looked look fairly with it based on what we saw a few hours ago. None of them looked like they were going to make it. But what a set of, again, what a set of lads. What 
Gagey, I tell you what, Gagey put the best tweet out. Billy retweeted it and, and made a comment as well, which was just mm, saw that. They, they are the modern day version of the crazy gang, and that's not a criticism. Mm. In this ridiculous world we have, where people like me exist and who are just boring and look at stats, <laughs> and where you know sports science is unbelievable. Yeah, of course you have to look after yourself in season. Of course you do, but there is no harm in doing things that bond you. And you can tell they're just bonded beyond belief. Look what happened when Duffy turned up late, forty-five minutes late. Yeah. How many clubs players can just walk in, in oh, he's only wearing hoodie, but a steady set of clothes, and just get absolutely doused in Corona and Peroni, <laughs> then embraced by your manager, lifted off your feet, put on someone's shoulders, and just poured beer over. I mean, they're like a set of uni lads, but in a good way. Do yeah. you know what I mean? They look like they're having the time of their life. Leon if Clark you want... tuning in on, uh, getting in on Facetime, and they're all chanting Leon at him. I've got to say, Dem Blades nailed it because that was my that was my favourite video out of everything yesterday, including all the Stearman ones. That was mm. because that sums up this squad, doesn't it? You got a yeah. lad there who's yeah, he's been, he's been a major part of our recent history, our, our, our climb, if you will, and he still is technically, you know, because he is a member of the team. But mm. he, he deserves plaudits still now for what he did last season, of what you know, without shadow of a doubt. But to see him ring in immediately and to see the players giving him all the love in the world, I mean. If you're a player out there now, unless you're T-Total, if you're a player out there now watching that, what, what on earth are you thinking? Mm. In, what, you'd want to come to Sheffield United, wouldn't you? I think Look so, how, yeah. <laughs> how good that looks. I mean, I've had the not, not the top 20 boys talking to me privately all day and they're like, look, everyone's different. You know, we're not comparing, but look at the United celebrations compared to, dare I say it, Norwich. I mean, <laughs> oh, you want you want to kick that hornet's nest, do you? No, I just, <laughs> different cultures, mate. There's different cultures. Yeah, yeah, I know. And Norwich haven't shared theirs. They might have had a wonderful time together and bond. I'm not, you know, and Norwich at the minute have played the best football in the league. That's why they're top of the league. Fair play yeah. to them. Credit, credit to them. And congratulations as well to Norwich. But every other club around the league. Every other club's fans have been commenting on Sheffield United statuses, saying how much they wish their boys were our boys. Yeah, and I think it's worth saying, you know, it's not, it's not performative, that is it? I mean, it's it's genuinely no, no, no. like they're just, you know, they're just on the beers, and then it all comes out from that. And yeah, you, you know, to see them all singing this, you know, the songs that we all sing about, I mean, even the oh. even the stupid Kieran Dowell song. Karen, can you remember everyone going nuts for Kieran Dowell? He looked like a sweaty <laughs> student, absolutely. <laughs> Paul Coote's knocking Quantro bombs back when he looks like he couldn't even have a glass of water without falling over. He's disgusting. <laughs> you know I mean? and, and just Billy Sharp and Richard Stearman, I mean, I'm not quite sure what the medical staff are thinking when they're headbutting lampshades a week before Stoke. But yeah, crack on, boys. Have a good go. Yeah, the uh, the Stearman diving header on the lampshade is... Uh, I, I was in absolute Amazing. pieces watching Amazing. that. Yeah, it was... Uh, and, then, and then can we just... Discuss, can we actually put some analysis into the John Egan song? How good is that song? It is very, very good. I mean, I, I, I've debated sticking it on the end of this podcast, actually, the, the audio, but uh, fortunately it contains a little bit of foul language and I know that some people like to listen with their with their youngsters, so I'll, I'll I'll leave it out. But yeah, just it's been stuck in my head all day. That's the other thing. I, I, this was my, my longer point, I guess, was obviously I had the big celebration. I was there on Saturday. I had the big celebration afterwards. I spent all of Sunday morning kind of reliving that. Then the, I got to basically experience the players getting walloped in real time. And then I wake up this morning and there's a, another gift. It's the John Egan has wrote this phenomenal five-verse song that perfectly encapsulates not only the team, but the manager, the style of play, the the things that have been, I guess, said about us, you know, journeymen and all this. And 
Yeah, and then the the ultimate uh, the ultimate achievement. We're we're going on a journey to the bleeping prem. It's pretty special. I, I, I couldn't. I mean, I you know, as I said, we'll get deep into the analysis. By the way, people are listening. We Ben, I'll say we Ben has put some outstanding ideas together for pods over the next couple of weeks. You're going to be entertained. That's we're a big gonna, build up. There's going to be a lot of them. We're going to bore you as well. You, we're going to be in your ears a lot. You know, <laughs> the old Chorley FM in your ears, oh, I think, coming along. But I, the only thing I can finish off on is just, I listened to the Chris Wilder Radio Sheffield interview about 20 times. Hmm. And every single time, I sob my eyes out in the first three minutes. Yeah. And you hear kids trying to interview him, and he can't even talk. He's that overcome with emotion of what he's done. Yeah, that's my manager every day of the week. Yeah, Chris Wilder, promotion from the conference, from League Two, from League One, now the championship. It's just a shame you can't get promoted from the Premier League, eh? But I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll settle for survival next season. I mean one one point I do want to make here, and I found this a bit weird actually, like not to be all oh, I've done so many media appearances recently, but every one of them has been like really interested in what happens next. I'm like, I don't care. I think I literally said that on Five Love. I do not care what happens next season right now. I just wanna enjoy this. And you know, appreciate everything that we've seen, and I want to spend the next few months doing nothing but that. You know, we'll get to we'll get to preview content and like you know what kind of players we'd like to sign and all this. But this season isn't even finished yet. I mean, there might be another celebrate. I'm sure there will be another celebration in the next few weeks, but there might be another one on Sunday for all we know. And um, yeah, I just I just want to stay focused on this moment. Like like you, I've listened to that interview a couple of times. I have. I have very little doubt I'll be listening to it again tomorrow morning instead of doing work. I think, and uh, yeah, it's it's just um, I, I've, I need I need to get a thesaurus so I can stop saying amazing, incredible, and special and stuff. But that's what this season's been. It's just been it's been a hell of a ride. I think I said early doors like we could be in for an exciting season, and yeah, that's exactly exactly how it's proved. And also, we got the reward at the end of it as well. I mean, just just quickly on on Leeds. I mean, I, I really noticed this. It, it occurred to me. I watched most of that Leeds Villa game. Leeds are so emotional compared yeah, yeah, yeah. to it was almost shocking. I mean, I think I messaged you this. It was well before all the uh, the drama over the um, the two goals. But like compared to how clinical and col- like calm United have been in big moments, because as I say, we, we've had setbacks. You look at that that Villa, you know, catastrophe. That would have broken a lot of teams. But we were mm-hmm. just like, well, we're not going to let that happen again. And uh, what do we do? I think we went seven clean sheets in a row or something ridiculous, yeah. didn't we? Missing a couple of our best players at the time. But yeah, I, I thought just an incredible contrast with that really. And yeah, it's um, not only have we hauled them in, but yeah, we're, we're currently five points ahead of them. And yeah, you don't know, you don't know where we're going to finish. We have um, broke, you're right. They, all this talk about pressures on United, let's watch United. Well, they call it out. Yes, they call them Muppets. And he, he's, I'm not saying he's right, but he is. But you know, he's, he, <laughs> Right in what he said, United players have been calm, concentrated on us, not spoke above their spaceship, just basically not spoke about others because mm. you can't, you can't, you have no control over what other people do. It was almost a lesson in life to Leeds. This was, yeah, you know, a little bit. They went and won, you know, they went and beat Wednesday, they went and beat Preston. Yeah, let's see what Sheffield United can do now. And the last six games, Leeds have lost three and won two. Yeah, that's that's that. They have, they have ruined them. You know, as much as we have gone up, they have also ruined themselves. Our last six games, one, two, three, yep, one, four, drawn two. I thought you were going to do the uh, <laughs> in out see you thing there. Um, I told you, uh, I told you, eighty five, eighty six points would be enough for promotion. By the way, what did I tell you? 
And uh, Leeds are on 83 now, so the most they can get is 86. We we're on 88. Have some Chris Wilder stats. Yeah. Since 2016, Chris Wilder has been in charge for 150 games, winning 81 with a 54% win rate. In 137 Which... league games, he's won 76. Prior to that, it took us 189 games to win 76. He now has the highest win percentage without any league type weighting or anything like that of any permanent Sheffield United manager. Absolutely love it. Do you know uh, one other stat for you? Go on. I'm going to be watching Premier League football next season for oh, yeah. about £350 for my season ticket. That's that is I, a result. I have had this at work all day with people saying, well, what about, you know, you've got an ownership battle, though, aren't you going on all that? But never mind any of that nonsense. Just Whatever. do a little dance in my chair to show how little I care about that. That's it, yeah. Never mind <laughs> any of that nonsense. I said, hey, we've got Sir Christopher, we're fine. Doesn't matter, Sir Chris is cool. And B, the club is actually decent. Most yeah. of us are really football for 350 quid. You can't even watch us three games for Arsenal for 350 quid. This, we are <laughs> going to come up in the Premier League we're going to play front foot football still. We'll have to defend a bit more, but we're generally going to play front foot football with a bunch of lads who care more about this team than most of the teams are in the Premier League and the manager will make it work. We're fine. Definitely. Wednesday fans said we won't last long in the Championship when we came up and it turns out they were absolutely right. I couldn't resist sticking that one in there. Um, all right, mate. So, yeah, I'm not sure if we have anything else really to say apart from it was just... Yeah, it was an incredible occasion. I mean, as I said, I've probably said the same phrase about seventeen times in this. So, yeah, I'm still I'm still a bit croaky. The voice still hasn't properly recovered. So, yeah, I guess we we can. It's probably in our interest take a take a few days. Obviously, wait for the season to actually finish, and yeah. then we, we're going to come in hard with uh, an epic amount of review content. We, I cannot wait to get to. I mean, we did some of it last year with like our season awards and player ratings and stuff, but. Yeah, I've I've already been running some of it through in my mind, and I'm I'm itching to get to it. But I guess there's uh, yeah, still one game left. We've got to Stoke on uh, Sunday, in it all the last games. Yeah, it is um, where we need to win and hope that Norwich lose in order to have a well, that would win as the league because our goal difference will be uh, will be better than theirs. But uh, I guess that's very not too likely. They play Aston Villa. Yeah, Villa are probably going to. Uh, I mean, they're going to rest players now. Surely they they're, could, they're a bit, they've been yeah. mad to play Grealish and. Um, Abraham's still injured, isn't he? Even if they play their res, who who knows? Maybe Norwich have been out on the last all week as well. And we just haven't seen it. It's a good point. But, I, I will say I'm, I'm not concerned by the fact United United were uh, boozing no, no. yesterday because um, when we got promoted last time, I think that happened for about three straight weeks, and we won like our last six or seven games in a row. So that doesn't concern me. I, I do think we'll still win at Stoke. Um, I, I don't see any reason why we want to be honest. So yeah, oh, okay. getting to ninety-one points, whatever Norwich do, is going to be a hell of an achievement. So yeah, fingers crossed. And uh, yeah, we we get the distinct pleasure of watching this team for one more game at the Championship before uh, yeah before we get to see the distinct pleasure of Chris Basham playing Premier League football next year, which I absolutely cannot oh, wait for. Chills, mate. Chills, chills. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, All right, mate. Watch. Any any final thoughts or? Everything covered. Just Mark Duffy, Prescott Cables. That's it. <laughs> That's all there is to say. I think it, I think it did, did need saying because I don't think enough people have actually said that. But yeah, there we are, mate. We are blades are going up. Um, I, I didn't I didn't think it would happen automatically, pretty much all the way through the season. I guess I had an inkling that it might. I knew we were one of the best couple of teams, 
but yeah, to actually to actually finish the job is is stunning. And yeah, the best thing that's happened uh, in my time supporting them. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone's enjoying it as much as I have because it's it's just incredibly special right now. And uh, yeah, I, I would I would also urge not to go too far down the oh what happens next kind of route. Just, oh no, uh, you know, just soak it in. Yeah, we said uh, appreciate the journey and hopefully the destination will be good. Well, the destination is blooming fantastic, so make sure you enjoy this as well. That's as smooth as silk to end it there, Paul. <laughs> nice one. All right, mate, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I, I hope you. I hope to see you on Sky Sports News again in the very near future. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you later. All right, see you later, mate. Cheers, Paul. Bye-bye.